Hey, hi, hello. How are you and how is it going? Welcome to the Bloody Stream Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm Jorge. And it's a sp- Merry Morty Gumbus. How are you? It, it's the holidays. I, it, I'm like literally just now kicking off the holidays. Yes. This is also the first year that I'm doing like my full switch off of Christmas into more like Yule Winter Solstice type celebrations. Really? What are we? What are we yeah. doing? What's going on? Um, most mostly just more naturey, natural stuff, and less like object purchase focused things. You know, <laughs> to me, I realize that Christmas is really Christianity and capitalism, right? Those are like, yes. it's Je- Jesus and Santa Claus. What we do, you got the thing one would think of. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and I'm not Christian or a capitalist, so. <laughs> I, I was like, I what am I actually holiday? doing here? But I do love holidays and celebrations. So. Correct. That's uh, good, then. We're, That's we're figuring it out. We're going to build some new traditions. It's going to be good. I'm still... Uh, <laughs> still Christmas boy? Yeah, I mean, you know. I'm just... I'm trying to... I'm trying... Well, relevant to the movie that we were watching, I am trying to... Um, I'm trying to live in the spirit of the actual the things the holiday says that are actually good instead of just hey don't you want to watch these this polar bear family have an existential crisis over its ability or inability to have a coca-cola you know what i mean (laughs) right yeah i think i'm just i'm focusing on like the original reason why like this holiday takes place in in this time of year and like the winter solstice being the longest night turning like the point when we get past that is only getting brighter after that you yeah. Know? yeah yeah yeah. and for many of us with seasonal affective disorder and things like that you know it's a good it's a good time <laughs> it's time to bounce back time to correct time to get ready you know to get away from hole, the big hole up with your friends yeah 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 on our way back to summer baby that's it <laughs> That's, All right. That's why I love this holiday have... so much. It's because it's the sign that summer is coming. <laughs> you know, it's I. Uh, that's how I think about winter solstice, and then for summer solstice, it's like, hey, celebrate! It's the longest day. Yeah. So we just got to keep glass half full, right? Because you could just reverse that and be like, oh my god, it's the longest oh night, god. and then like, oh my god, we're past <laughs> the middle of summer. It's gonna it's be winter coming. Soon. Yeah. Now the days are only getting short. Well, we're we're doing it this way. So, do you have any mentions I like for it. for the week? Um, I'm almost done with it, so I think I'll count it as a mention. I have a audiobook mention, which is uh, Dexter in the Dark, which is the oh third in the Dexter, back book to the Dexter series. Books. I am back on them, and I am in. I'm fully in what is widely regarded as the worst one. <laughs> beautiful yeah so was it one. actually the worst one what would you rate i it? mean it's again it's not i have like two hours left mm-hmm. um but most of it has just been them getting to the point that they're like hey look the dark passenger isn't just an aspect of dexter it's a literal thing that lives inside of him and can leave and it did for most of this book and it's not great <laughs> I believe it's the the an evil god named Moloch. Is yeah, that right? Yeah, there's a whole. I don't know the full setup, but Moloch is for sure involved because there's another passenger running around, oh, good. watching and stalking Dexter. So I don't know. Like I haven't again. I haven't gotten to the final big part of this, but 
Moloch is for sure involved. Whether it's the one in Dexter or the one watching him, I don't know yet. Do you think that the the, the author wrote these books and then saw how good the HBO <laughs> TV series was and it's like, oh no, did they like I made it? I made a huge mistake. Well, it's great because the first season and the first book are basically the same. There's mm-hmm. a difference at the end, but other than that, it is pretty much the thing. Two is like half and half like the the main villain is different and the the whole things are you know put together differently um but this one is like not even a scene anymore so i think he was like i'm fucking so i don't care i'm gonna make something completely different and it was like dude maybe don't stray that far from that really good series i was wondering if he sees how well they did it's just like oh i really had something and i just fucking blew it didn't i completely blew it um no it's it's to be fair, the style is still there. So, like, thinking of it as a dry, sarcastic, like, morbid wit, that's all mm-hmm. in there. It's just that the plot is complete fucking gobbledygook. Like, it's the yeah. plot of this one is very bad, but, like, the style is clearly still there. So, you're like, this is a the, Dexter uh, thing. It's just a bad adventure. <laughs> the Sookie Stackhouse books do the same thing where they start ah. out, like, closer to True Blood, and they're like, yeah, we have, like, a sophisticated little thing going on here, and then they quickly devolve into just, like, every single supernatural creature yeah. you can shove in there, and things are <laughs> completely crazy. Cameo porn uh, of just any fucking folklore. <laughs> And as always, if you've not watched either Dexter or True Blood, those are high recommendations for, this channel, for TV shows. 100%. Now, our movie today, yes. We have our we have the next 3 weeks planned. We told oh. you and we always complete our prophecies, right? <laughs> we got this ready for you. We didn't tell you last week, but we are doing Krampus today. Correct. 2015. It's one I've been wanting to do every Christmas since we started, but it's just never streaming anywhere. It's currently on Peacock Premium. Yes, it's actually somewhere. And then a new next two weeks are also going to be holiday related. We'll get to that. Yes. Later. <laughs> Brian, what would you rate Krampus? Um, I would... I'm generally positive on this film, but I think I have some real criticisms that keep it away from a ghost skull alien. Like Mm. this was, there's parts of this where I'm like, this is a ghost skull alien. And then more of the movie happens and I'm like, oh, it's not a ghost skull alien at all. Um, I would probably, I would be reasonably comfortable giving this a Mr. Cool, but I could totally see someone giving this a high smiley face and I wouldn't be like, "Ugh, you're ridiculous for that. What about you? Yeah, I'm pretty much in the same boat. It there's a there's not like massive mistakes, but like I the way that I introduce this movie every time is that like a Mr. Cool, basically. Yeah, exactly. And there's I wouldn't even call them mistakes, because I think I think I just disagree <laughs> with some of the choices because I think they try to go for two different movies at times in terms of the tone and like the writing itself. Mm-hmm. Um which it's not bad. You don't sit there going, oh, this is a mistake. It just like, I don't think it gives the feeling it wants to would be the best way to describe that as to why it can't. This could have been a holiday like must that I would go out in public on the streets and say, watch this I mean, movie right now. You know what I mean? To me, this is the, well, <laughs> except for <laughs> next week's movie, this is the horror Christmas movie to watch. It's close. Yeah. Like, mostly because the bar is set very low. There's not many options. There's 
some like, from the call, 70s can, that are like you could say yeah like the original black christmas in part for it's like introducing the slasher genre and, and in other part because quality, it was made you know? by the guy who also did a christmas story <laughs> <laughs> right so, my man <laughs> but that's a 70s movie and everybody knows how bored i get by those so oh krampus is the one to watch with friends true now fully agree on that warnings on this one um child endangerment child endangerment that's about it this is a pg-13 like that's uh, the other big thing closer to four family movie so not not too much to worry about <laughs> jump scares there's a couple soft ones. Yeah, it's nothing Very nothing soft. egregious in this at all. It is fine. Yeah. Um, I should start warning. This is one of those ones where, like, uh, some movies do this where at the very end, right before credits, they hit you with one last oh jump scare. Oh, my God. They do, don't they? Which is why I think it's... <laughs> I think that's the only appropriate time to do that kind of jump scare. Right at the you end. You know what I mean? Yeah, do that and hit credits. The movie, that's the fine. the movie's already over. You're not, like... That's not a legitimate, like, you're trying to get anyone. Yeah. That's just, like, a last <laughs> fuck you on your way out, you know? Which I, I can appreciate that. I don't like it yes. when you're in the middle of storytelling and you're trying to get me with these jump types of jump scares. Like, no, like, hit me up just after the party's over. Just going bleh at the end is perfect. I go, ah, oh, my God, that's yeah. great. Yay. And then it's just the credits. Like, <laughs> yeah. Totally. Uh, should you watch the movie first? Uh, yeah. Probably. Yeah. Probably. Just to give your own, pers- like, we don't want to, I don't really want to taint too much. If you are intrigued by this, I wouldn't want to. There's some stuff at the end to figure out, you know. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You want to see it fresh and and think about it for knowing. But if you don't care, fucking keep listening. Yeah, and even if you do care, just mute your audio and it'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. And if you don't, if you do care, just mute your audio and give us the play. We want it. Okay, look. (laughs) I think we can just hop right in here. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Sitting on our lovely plaid comforter on our mattress doing a sensual thumb circle to open the spoiler configuration and i feel like you actually have a little bit of runway before we spoil anything because i got I, yes this totally. cast this this cast deserves talking about first of all Surprising. <laughs> the director mm-hmm. michael doherty correct he honestly like this man i look at his list of things that he's done <laughs> and I'm like, this guy legitimately knows what's awesome, you know? Yes. I'm not That's saying... That's a good way to put it. I didn't say... I'm not saying he's, like, the, the best quality, whatever, but, like, pretty much out the gate, if this guy's doing something, I'm I'm feeling good about it. I know? will... He is... He definitely has the tastes of what we want. You know what I mean? Like, he's got the ta- our tastes down of, like, you're gonna enjoy this premise fundamentally <laughs> yeah, R- rattle like off when, some of these things because he's primarily a writer but he has yeah, directed so, a few things as well first one i want to mention 2003 wrote the screenplay for x2 oh. which everybody knows is like the most awesome of the x-men hands movies. down the best of the original trilogy for sure and you know fights with like x-men first class for yeah. best overall i mean for the intro alone with nightcrawler oh. going into the white house then we got a few. Opera, yeah. <laughs> we have a few. Like he's working some stuff out as he continues working his way into the horror genre. <laughs> Don't worry about but then, two thousand seven, Trick or Treat, which is considered at this point like one of the pinnacle, like one of the yeah. the Halloween movies to watch. I haven't watched it in a long time, but I remember watching it and being a big fan of it. I want to give yeah. it another 
rewatch at some point. I'm I think it's a little overrated personally. Okay, but it is Mad Halloween vibes. Who doesn't love that? <laughs> now we got he's really focusing on trick or treat for a while and doing like shorts about that and stuff. But then 2015 writes Krampus, right? Yes, and directs it. Does he direct yes, it? He direct. He's yeah. really super involved in all of this. Yeah, yeah. Trick or treat and Krampus are like his. His babies, if you Exactly. Like. In terms of directing, like, I think he direct... I don't know, like, reading his thing, he said... It says, says he's the director on Trick or Treat, but I don't know if that's also talking about the shorts inside of it. I think that's all his direction. Like, I don't think the different stories were directed by multiple people in that. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Yeah, he's just listed in Trick or Treat directed by. So those other things are, um, like, supplemental little shorts that they made. Yeah. Yeah. So then cool. we got we got Krampus, and, like, I mean, honestly, Trick or Treat forward, he would have a perfect track record if it wasn't for X-Men Apocalypse story by. Story by. Story by. That's right? not, he did not pen... Very yeah, that's directed by Brian Singer. Boo. Uh, he is one of the writers, but that might that writing credit might just be for story by. Let me double you know? check that because yeah, the screenplay was written by Simon Kinberg, and then the story was Brian Singer, Simon Kinberg, Michael Doherty, Dan Harris. No. Um, so it sounds like so. he did not put pen to paper he was in there going maybe we should do this maybe we should do that and, and they were going shut I mean, the fuck up dude <laughs> i you really don't know that's i can't count that as a demerit on his record officially uh, exactly i won't especially yeah. from the goodwill a little of x2 next to that from goodwill of x2 how much that and it's helped. trick or treat krampus and then he goes into godzilla king uh, of the monsters screenplay and story by and godzilla versus kong story by he also now, directed you, king of the monsters <laughs> Yes. yes. Oh, did he? Yes, yes, <laughs> he wrote yeah. And yeah he did. King of the Monsters. That's fucking awesome. Uh, Godzilla vs. Kong was directed by Adam Wingard. Those two together oh, are yeah. really fucking going somewhere. I won't get into all that, but just so you know, like out of the the new Godzilla movies, the first one sucks. And me as a Godzilla you fan, I feel like I'm first. allowed to say I hate the first one, and then the next two are fucking awesome. That's these two. <laughs> Michael Doherty has a lot, has like curried a lot of good favor with me. Correct. So, think Dude. keeping that in mind, Krampus, I give a lot of leeway on because if like from that perspective, you're like, if this movie is just trying to be awesome, no problems. It pretty you know? much, yeah. Like, it's weird. I think my criticism of it is that it's almost too good for what it wants to be. You know what I mean? Like, it's no the, the quality, like. If it just wanted to be a sort of, um, I think, like, silly, more, more like, absurd horror movie about this sort of thing, it's it would have served itself better to not have such a good cast giving it their all. Because for me, I am like, y'all are playing this straight. Y'all are yeah. playing this like you're in a real, and th and this is really actually affecting me. And then like stupid juvenile shit will happen, not just from the villains, but like the directing and like the the production choices mm. will be these weird juvenile kind of mean spirited things. And I'm like, okay, I don't know what I want. Like, what do you? 
what are you telling me from this? I think <laughs> you I'm, know what I'm I mean? getting There's what like you're saying. Some things that are like that. Again, it's yeah, very positive on this movie. <laughs> yeah. So something that they've made very clear, and this was intentional by them, is that the first half of the movie plays like a straight Christmas oh, movie, it's so and then good goes, go. It's actually so good, and goes directly into then straight horror. It's it's almost like the Hereditary Christmas special during the and first half. They're both starring Tony Collette. So. That's why. It's <laughs> perfect. Yeah, so the the parents of the main household yes. are Tom, played by Adam Scott, Sarah, played by Tony Collette. Shouts out. Now, yeah, I might just say they're they're so famous, I might just say they're they're actors' names for a lot of these people. That's fine. Yeah. But um they so they own the house, they have their son, Max, played mm-hmm. by MJ Anthony. Don't know anything about them. He's a key. He's one of the. There's like seven introducings in this because they have multiple kids, and they're like, yeah. here's all of the kids introducing them. <laughs> yeah, they have a daughter, Beth, played by St- Stefania Levi-Owen. Yes, and they're and they're uh, Tom's Adam Scott's mother, Omi, so grandma. Okay, she only speaks German. Her and Max are close, very clearly. Max is somewhat of a troubled. Dude, kid, like he's My not man like fucking loves Christmas, and uh, the world is like, hey, bro, no, you fucking don't. And he swings, he he shoots first and asks questions never about this. He is yeah. constantly defending himself and his I love mean, for the, Christmas. <laughs> when the movie first opens up, we get like a slow mo of Black Friday people, like really, yeah, stampeding we, all over each other. That's what I was gonna say is because we get it over. I forget which Christmas tune, but it's like a classic you know yep. christmas tune and it's that's very much setting up a dark humor for this which is mm-hmm. why the like which is what works about um i think playing it straight as a christmas movie to begin with because mm. you get like a little bit of mischievousness from the movie saying this isn't going to be your typical christmas movie but it's still like the typical setup you would get um, yeah, which it's, helps I mean, ease classic, you into like, the horror stuff. Um, yeah, it's a classic snarky better. Christmas movie where, like, they <laughs> the, the kind of jokes they make is like, "Oh, look, we're in a Christmas movie, but we're being honest about how we feel and like swearing a little." Yes, you know? exactly. Um, but all these all these actors are so good that I'm, <laughs> this is legitimately an enjoyable movie, and I'm I'm having a great time. So, like, which I think is always a great choice when we're building up to something you don't want to get even if the movie the horror parts are just gonna you know even if the horror parts are gonna brush yeah. everything away i still want to be entertained on the way over to it you know Full, no i think that's very important for these types of movies is either and this is where i think there's a bit of like i don't know where you're going but what you ended up doing just left me with like a sour taste in my mouth and maybe that's just my like seasonal preference that i don't really want that um is the, the things you do with slasher movies, I think specifically, but horror movies in general, is you either make everybody interesting enough that I want to see them all survive, or you make them, like, such assholes that you're like, I cannot wait to watch you get fucking absolutely dismembered by something. And they, the quality of the performances is leaning me towards, I like everybody in this, even if they're pricks to each other you know, yeah. during holiday stuff. So, so g- generally, our our leading family, we like the nu- the main nuclear family of yeah. yes. 
Tom and Sarah, Adam Scott and Tony Collette are having a little bit of trouble with each other. We find out mm-hmm. later, but like Tom works. But generally, much. yeah, we like we like the family. You know, they're they're fun. They're nice. Yes, they're they're liberal. You know, <laughs> we'll say. <laughs> then, uh, it's what Sarah's sister's yes. family shows up, and they show up in a giant like truck in a Hummer situation. that shakes the fucking foundations of the house. Yeah, this is made up of Father Howard, played played by David Koechner. Koechner, yes, who is known for Anchorman, <laughs> Anchorman, is an aggressive character actor who you've seen in a million different things, usually as some asshole prick who is very funny. Um, the, yeah, he's the, champ the funny, from Anchorman. The, yeah, he's the funny bald asshole guy. He's the funny man. <laughs> yeah. So he's great in this. Uh, his wife Linda, mm-hmm. who people know from Fargo, the TV series, I believe. Yes, she's I haven't the, watched Fargo, so I don't know. She's the lead in the first season of Fargo. She is very good in that. She is very good. In that. Cool. Yeah, they have several children, um, <laughs> who are not as important, honestly. They have two. Um, I mean, it's it's not due to being it's sort of incidentally um <laughs> gender sort of things of Stevie and Jordan who are both the daughters of David Keckner but who David Keckner vigorously wishes were boys so there's just a sort of unfortunate <laughs> like they're named Stevie and Jordan very gender neutral names and they both appear i guess more traditionally masculine um but which they constantly, which they sort of bring it's like up. Part, part of like what they're bringing yeah. up in in the movie. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And then his his actual son Howie Junior, <laughs> who he's like purposely trying to fatten up to make the biggest lineman <laughs> in the state, but he's just like a little kid who does not talk. He's just... like an O'Doyle from fucking yeah. uh, Billy Madison. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's clearly like, yeah, he's like an O'Doyle. Uh, they're all like conservative. Mm-hmm assholes like fight in the house let their kids run rampant at bully max who they call maxi pad uh, oh just, yeah just yeah terrible family and <laughs> they brought like linda brought aunt dorothy around yes and she like even like opens with an apology to sarah tony collette she knows because <laughs> they all know that aunt dorothy is terrible um and she's just, like, alcoholic, does not actually care about anything, just hangs out. I was going to say, Aunt Dorothy, one of the least problematic parts of this. Like, she just wants to be kept to her. She, yeah, she just, she's a little abra- she's abrasive, but, yeah. like, the second Tony Collette is like, excuse me, I'm having a tough time. She's like, okay, that's fair. I'm going to go drink. Yeah, we do. They, and they do a great job of, like, this is the... The bad family that we don't like. And it's, slowly... They set up the friction very well, yeah. Yeah. And slowly throughout the movie, it's not that they make them, like, less bad of people, but the writing is good enough that you're like, I kind of love Howard, you know? Yeah. He's, they... like, quick with the statements. He Like, the way that he <laughs> talks is very abrasive and, like... Yes. <laughs> Uh, conservative and very like hunting folk, hunting like gun, yeah. happy focus. But he's just fucking funny, you know. No, like, totally. 
he uh, is doing a lot to help as things like start to fall apart yes, in the horror section. Precisely. Uh, so, like you were talking about with want not wanting to see people go or wanting them to kill get killed, you don't really see all the the asshole kids are children, so you're not really like trying to send them off, you know. But uh, <laughs> true. Uh, by the end, especially because Howard starts liking Tom more mm-hmm. as we get on, like the the friction starts to die down between the families. Yes, as they come together to deal with everything you start liking everybody more that is definitely and it's a very simple thing and i think for a sort of morality tale or a fable like i think they were trying to do with this um it's very good to put your hypothesis out and then demonstrate it in your film and that's exactly what they do because adam scott spends time talking to max before all of the horror starts kicking off when he's like you know family is (laughs) hanging out with people pretending you like them even though you don't really but his real answer is more about like this is a time to kind of get past all of the bullshit and find what actually connects you with people and that's what they demonstrate in the movie through surviving this horror experience (laughs) that they actually do come together you know adam scott proves himself to david keckner and he's like oh shit you're i'm so he says i think i think he says i'm sorry i called you a shriveled dick for the past whatever like he says something he says a very earnest apology of a very funny line and adam scott just stares at him and he's like thanks uh there's a there's a line that beth says to her mother sarah tony collette where she's like that's why you, you said some people shouldn't be allowed to procreate. And Tony Collette's <laughs> like, I did not say that as Beth goes away. And then she mumbles to herself, like, I said some people should have to take a test to procreate. <laughs> uh, Important so, clarification. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of good lines like that. The main situation that we run into. We were talking about a little bit. Max wants to desperately believe in Santa. He still pretty much does. Yeah even though everybody's telling him that Santa does not exist very openly. Yeah. You get multiple versions of like his parents are very um, passively out of the spirit of Christmas. Like his dad is still working, even though he promised he wouldn't. And his mom is just burnt out from having to put everything together and wants everything to be neat and tidy and where it is. Whereas the other family is more like abrasive with their um, lack of Christmas spirit, I think. They're just sort of barging in and just consuming. St- like, you know, exactly what Jorge yeah. was talking about at the well, beginning they th- of Well, they think that, like, uh, doing Christmas in a nice, sterile way is, like, lame, you know? Yeah, and they're precisely. Want to talk about guns and fighting and stuff. <laughs> so. Max has finished writing his letter to Santa right before they arrive, and then at an excellent dinner scene that they're having together where we're seeing oh, the yeah. friction between them. The one of uh, Stevie or I the other one has stolen Max's letter to Santa and starts reading it out for everyone, which uh, it is like a very nice heartfelt message to Santa. Yeah. It's very selfless. <laughs> it just talks about how he wants better things for his family, but he like specifically targets like he wants that his to his parents to fall like, back in stop, love yeah fall back in love and he wishes that things weren't as hard for uncle howard and aunt linda <laughs> and that for howard to stop wanting his daughters to be boys yeah 
Um, so you see, like Stevie, like who had been bullying him, start to get mad as she's reading the letter. Yeah. Like, uh, I just I love the way that that breaks down. Me too. That escalates into a physical altercation between all of them, uh, and this is where Max ends up alone in his room, and Adam Scott comes to talk to him and explains like about what family means and all that, and we think. Max has just finished taping up his letter to Santa and we think it's going to be ready to like send it to him. And then he changes his mind and rips it up and throws it out the window. And we go into the full like it's home alone, home alone right after Macaulay Culkin wishes his family would go away. And we see all the weird like magical noises and like the snowstorm and like the things had the things like shaking on the house. You know, it's that exact vibe. But with more sinister undertones. I was gonna say times one thousand. <laughs> Home Alone goes hard on it. When Look, if you watch that again, pay attention. It's like, oh, magic is literally happening right now. Yes, Chris Columbus, the director, not the fucking piece of shit from the fucking late fifteenth century. Um, is <laughs> Chris Columbus is great at doing that vibe. It's why he did the first two Harry Potter movies as well as the Home Alone shit. But yeah, he likes to do like, oh, magic. Like, look at this thing and the whis- the wisping of the wind. This does that same thing, except yeah. it's immediately a bunch of snow and a gigantic black storm cloud covers the entire neighborhood and people's lights start like going in and out and then breaking down. <laughs> like, yeah. it's so aggro with it. In the best way, what do you want? Like, you know something bad's happening. But it's just very yeah. funny to be like, as like a giant murder cloud comes forward. Yeah. And it's the the horror portion of the movie coming to get them. Yes. So they get a, a horrible blizzard that knocks out all the power and they can't they can like barely see to any of their neighbors' houses. Mm-hmm. We Beth has a boyfriend that lives down the street, goes Derek. to look for him, immediately gone. You know, she she yeah, actually I'm... fucking she's she's going through like the tundra that is the neighborhood now. And she fully, like, beginning of the movie, sees a massive, clearly Krampus yeah. uh, on top of the roof of a house and then watches him jump across the street onto another house. <laughs> I was surprised. I was surprised at that because it was like she gets killed by a jack-in-the-box monster, like a little one that gets kind of put under the car she's hiding under. Um, but yeah, like they just show, I know he's in the background, but like he's leaping and running and like, towards her. It's always, it's a good starting. Hell yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's a good sign that they're like, yeah, this movie's going to be cool and awesome and not like trying to be real and scary. Exactly. Well, but I love just scary, but it's just like jumping in. There's no like walking into the pool beach style it's like we're diving in and it's like we're gonna definitely get to see exactly what krampus looks like by the end yeah so the and i just i love the the tableau of the blizzard and krampus just like leaned over standing on top of the house it just looks very cool like like the lighting and all that looks looks amazing for that that's the thing about that is it's you said like not no this is a scary movie like there's some creepy unnerving stuff in this um which i think is almost too again like i was saying it's almost kind of to its detriment in some ways because i'm like i love it i'm like i was like oh i'm scared and then they like try to make a joke and i'm like i don't know dude i'm not really in the mood for laughing right now you just showed me a really scary thing (laughs) 
I love this kind of thing. I was laughing the whole time. Hell yeah. <laughs> so the blizzard continues. Tom and Howard are like, oh, we got to go get Beth because she mm-hmm. has not. She's not answering her calls or anything. It's gotten dark. They go and see. Everything is like worse. They're seeing like more and more very creepy looking snowmen out in the street and stuff. Yeah. They see like a house that's completely frozen over and like a gingerbread man that's been stabbed and things like, you know, they're just <laughs> investigating. I'm not going to go into too many details on everything, uh, but they definitely they fight off something. What, what do they fight off? It's like there? the snow snake thing. It's 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 a burrowing creature in the yeah. snow is what they fight off. Um, yeah, Adam Scott bites... does a very cool moment with the fucking giant Magnum revolver that um, <laughs> David Koechner gives him and saves uh, Howard from getting eaten by whatever monster was chomping on his leg. Yeah, and it also eats up his awesome truck. That's this oh, destroys thing. the Hummer, yeah. But Tom and Howard, Adam Scott and David Koechner make it back to the house. And uh, David Koechner now has his leg kind of messed up, so he can't do as much. And we mm-hmm. want him a little bit out of commission, right, to keep things fair. If he's going to, exactly, if he's going st- <laughs> to keep things fair. <laughs> he was going to go nuts. He had a whole shotgun situation, yeah. was ready to blast everything. <laughs> But they're they're now aware that there is something really bad going mm. outside. They even had to abandon Adam Scott's daughter. Yeah. At this point. And so they're starting to hole up and worry more about everything. Really good and... scene of the parents like debating what to like them bursting back in is very good because it's like there's clarity to the scene, but it all it feels like controlled chaos. It's not yeah. just like everyone yelling. It is as an audience, I can process what's going on while understanding how fucked everyone is and how they feel really horrible during this. Yeah, ultimately the 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 movie is very clean, solid landing. Like the writing is is nice and precise, right? It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's no there's not a lot of like wasted dialogue or <laughs> unnecessary <laughs> complexity, right? We all correct. It's clean. It's a clean movie. You know, it's a clean hit. <laughs> Gets the clean now, bill of health. Yeah, the uh, Omi's just like being like keep the keep the fire hot. Mm. And they all go to sleep, and of course, little Howie Junior wakes up when a chain comes <gasps> down the chimney with the wrapped around a big old gingerbread cookie the, man, gingerbread man. The very the thing that actually one joke for me that super landed was right here, and it was because of how earnest David Keckner was. But there's a very funny joke of him going, they're like, well, somebody has to keep watch. And he's like, I'll go first. You could get some sleep with your, your wife and your kid. And he's like, are you sure, Howard? And he's like, yeah, I gotcha. Uh, you Shepherd's know, got to watch his flock. Shepherd's got to protect his flock. Hard cut to the entire house in darkness because he has fallen asleep and the fire is fully out, which allows yeah. the hook to come down. Yeah, so his son, Howie Jr., goes for it. Because he just can't help himself. He's Augustus Gloop esque is the point they yes, get across. He definitely him, is. But he will, That's exactly he will right. eat asbestos if he could. <laughs> Speaking of which, most of the snow in this movie outside is just like the diaper filling that they have. What? On, on diapers. <laughs> yeah, it's just diapers everywhere oh outside. My God. Not like full diapers, but you know, if you've ever opened up a diaper, it's got all that stuff in there. <laughs> It's that. Yes, I know. <laughs> I don't know when I've opened up a diaper, but I'm I'm intimately familiar with how the inside of the diaper feels. <laughs> that's, that's what's important. 
Cool. Now, Howie Jr. takes a bite of the gingerbread man, and yes. then the gingerbread man like wakes up and starts screaming and wraps the chain around him and mm-hmm. then does like a whistle somehow yeah. and it the chain starts like flying up the chimney mm-hmm. taking Howie Jr. away. We get into a whole chaotic scene where everybody's trying to hold on to him to bring him down, but it eventually gets him out of there. If they had play I love that they have to like pyramid out and like three people have to grab tony collette's legs because fully the way they were doing it one at a time they would have just all been pulled that would have been it that would have been a he yeah. fucking krampus would have you know 10 and owed them in the first round <laughs> yeah so now now we've established like oh it's like not just gonna be krampus right like we've got no, a live yeah. gingerbread man it's got friends yeah they're realizing now like hey one of their kids actually just got took so no longer it's just like oh beth could just be missing situation yeah we're on. We're in like full swing of things now, so I'm gonna speed things up through this a little bit because I'm not gonna get the exact no, order of, of the fine. way people get picked off. But the one the the big scene where we're one of the big scenes where we're seeing a lot of like the chaos horror shit is David Keckner's in the kitchen fighting yes. off three gingerbread men. Mm-hmm. Uh, who have like who are like together running a nail gun, and yes. they all can kind of talk a little bit, but they mostly They're make doing, noises. Like, minion speak. They're like, yeah, but it's like well, no, it's closer to like gremlins speak. Yes, it's yeah, like yeah, full yeah, gremlin actually. speak almost. And uh, w- they're actually voiced by three people. One of them, I don't know who it is. Mm-hmm. One of them is uh, uh, Seth Green. <laughs> of course. And one of them is Justin Roiland, which uh, uh, no, unfortunately. No no good for that. If we had reviewed this three years ago, yay, but now... Oh. Yeah. <laughs> we know better now. But as far as I know, Seth Green Seth hasn't done anything yeah, wrong. He's spent, he's spent so much time in the spotlight that if something you'd think at this point... I don't know. Anyway. Well, you never you never know, but of as course. far as I'm aware of right now, we're good. He plays Lumpy, Justin <laughs> Roiland plays Clumpy, and Breen Burns plays Dumpy. I don't know who That's an that unfortunate is. name. It's oh, it's he's in the art department for Trick or Treat, so it's just one of the director's friends, I guess. Here comes the. I'm completely lost as to who this person is. This is so fascinating to me. Yeah, I just love when you they just give roles like that to. to, Yeah, totally. Let me fully get Seth Green just to voice one of the three. Yeah, like to do a little Uh, bit of gremlin talk for it. Hey, for two hours, can you come into the studio and do this? But they're great. Yeah, they're great because they're like using a a uh, the the nail gun against Howard, yeah. and he's having to like shotgun them, and it's that I love that scene in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. They're hilarious. I love them. In the attic, however, we have like a little bit more of a dire situation because it ends up real horror movie in the attic, and we have yeah. that horror comedy scene. In like unironically, yeah. the attic is not a funny scene. I was that's not the place you want to be. Scared the no. whole time. <laughs> it's Adam Scott, Tony Collette, Allison Tolman, mm-hmm. and uh, is it it's Aunt the Dorothy? Two, up there? It's... Aunt Dorothy's up there. No, 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 no. She's um. You're right. You're right. She's it's, so still it's all downstairs somewhere. Yeah, with the children, with the remaining children, they're up there saving uh, Stevie and Jordan. Jordan. Yep. So we see another collection of like Krampus's helpers. I have to, I I have to set the scene because we get multiple helpers, including a teddy bear and like an ain't the 
like angel sort of doll thing the first thing we get is just the sound of slurping as we slowly pan across this what was really ginormous jack in the box whose face we turn to see with a pair of the children like fully swallowing whole like a fucking snake with an egg yeah like devouring one of the children (laughs) the tube part between the box and the jack is like it's like snake body right now where it's all like engorged and clearly has one body already in there i was and then mortified there's like yeah the top little jester man thing and he's like pretty big and yeah he has the the kid's feet almost all the way down his gullet and they see him finish slurping it down and he turns to them, and then his mouth opens, like, fully Predator yeah! style, and you see, like, all the flesh <laughs> shit in there. And for me, I love puppets, mm-hmm. but if we're doing this kind of thing, just having, like, gingerbread men, I don't... I love the gingerbread men as, like, a comedy thing. I think they're yeah. cute and and just the right kind of mischievous for me. But, like, if you want to get my horror jollies off, I need to see some fucked up shit like this. And yes, So I exactly. love... Th- this guy's in there, and I'm like, yes, I'm fully in. <laughs> this is awesome. They start fighting that, and it starts slithering away very quickly. <laughs> they find, like, a half-human-sized stuffed bear-looking mm-hmm. thing, but it's got giant uh, two rows of really razor-sharp teeth kind yes, of situation. Definitely. It just looks like a scary teddy bear, and he's, like, running around biting people. I think, like, part CGI, at t- like, or at times yeah. oh, CGI, yeah. um, but looks pretty good. Like, not... Um, yeah, no, they do it clean. There, there's a lot... There's way more CGI than I thought there would be in here. It's mm. all generally good. Um, It's not, like, amazing but, where I think it... Like, the gingerbread men are kind of, I'd say, the weakest ones. Yeah, they're probably and the they're weakest, fine. but they don't really need them to be. Exactly. <laughs> like, they're... They, they, the priorities are right in that sense of... Yeah, the scary I think guy some looks scary, really... and the gingerbread men are f- who the fuck cares if they look more cartoonish because they are. Because like Krampus is is practical when he's yeah. up close for the most part, so they do a good job of like amplifying practical effects with CGI. Mm-hmm. We still love to see full practical, but this is I think is still like it didn't bother me. I think the the thing with CGI was always just hey, here's an entire Michael Bay scene that is Shia LaBeouf staring at a giant green wall and that's the scene like the over-reliance on it is the thing the thing most people had problems with cg is great fucking jurassic park all that shit is all you know cg'd out big style but Jurassic park still looks fantastic exactly the thing you know it's also because they supplemented when they could with a big giant t-rex head that they swivel around everywhere and bang into people and you go yeah that's real like um, yeah, I love that. Yeah, so this is so a the, good this is a thumbs up on the CG. It's fine. The, you're and you're thinking right now, like the bear is cool, but clearly like the Jack in the Box worm thing, yes, is better. And then you're like, what else are they gonna have? And then just this <laughs> little flying angel thing comes oh. out of nowhere, and it's got like a really creepy doll face, also with a bunch of teeth, and it just looks fucked. And immediately <laughs> starts going after Tony Collette and biting her all over. And then manages to like wrap Christmas lights around her neck and Very start morbid. Her. <laughs> Yeah, so we that that fight is pure chaos. I don't remember who does what exactly, but it's fucking awesome, and that's all you need to know about that, right? Yes. They mostly win. Mm-hmm. They save one of the kids, Stevie, I think. Yes, Stevie. Uh, it looks like they got they killed two of them. the 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 slithering Jack of the Box <laughs> does get away into the ventilation system, which They're is awesome. 
I love the like full resolution of that because Aunt Dorothy is, you know, saves everybody with the shotgun killing the bear and the angel thing. And they're like, finish it. It's a very silly, you know, thing. Yeah. And what I love is in this, it's actually like, this is good kind of retraining or like um, subverting expectations. Cause that does feel like this is the like end of act two, or this is like the, this is like a midway break of yeah. like, cool. We actually got one over a little bit and we'll wait for the next wave of horrors to come in and mm-hmm. get us. Now that we're, you know, out ammo and injured and all that sort of stuff, but we get a little bit of triumph and it's like, no, 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 <laughs> because the fucking sounds come in and you hear all the skittering and Omi just goes, ah, oh, fucking elves. And they break through and they, they remove well, bef- Antor. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, bef- this, so th- sorry, this is where still in the attic, Linda oh, sorry. has been shotgunning the thing that slithers away. Yes. They all regroup back down in the living room. Right. Send the dog into the ventilation system, <laughs> which somehow gets up into the ceiling right away where it fights off the the jack-in-the-box. And then is where Aunt Dorothy ends up with the shotgun, and mm. they do all that. And, like, yes, this is where you... It's... It is, it's getting close to the end of the movie, so you think, okay, now they just got to fight Krampus and then we're done. <laughs> but the elves come in and really, like, it is a bunch of elves, oh. and they're not, like, little elves. They're... You know what they're exactly like, actually? What are they? Is uh, the demons in Little Nicky. I know it's our second Adam oh? Sandler reference today, but that's like exactly what they're like. You know what You're I mean? You're totally right. Yeah, they're that's just exactly like they- <laughs> human-sized robed figures that each have a unique kind of gross-looking yeah. mask demon thing. They, The trivia says that they're individually like based on different uh, European, like, mm-hmm. Santa Claus-adjacent figures. The Yule Lads or something? They referenced yeah, something, something about like that? Yeah, something like that. I wasn't super familiar with what they were talking about, nor did they did it really strike me that way. But They, in terms of them being, like, adaptations of that, I agree. I think they were just cool, kind of scary. I believe them. Like, I believe them, but they sure. didn't, like, come across as anything, like, all unique figures. They just seemed like yeah. little cramp pie Krampuses, I don't know. That yeah, sounds yeah, they're like bad. little mini Krampuses. Um, I don't, and I'm very happy I don't remember the actual name, but I do want to shout out because I think Claire brought this up. Of uh, there's a very problematic um, Yule lad from the Netherlands. Um, please let me know if you know what I'm talking about. There, there are several I, Yule I, lad types that are just like these I are know not s- great. Several <laughs> problematic There's Christmas figures. I've talked about them in the past. Christmas, like very problematic. <laughs> I'd rather not get into all of them right now, but there are. I was just bringing it up because I'm like, oh, I hope you weren't adapting them as these. No, no, I don't think it was any of them because they get they get quite racial quite quickly. Yeah. So just, just watch out when doing your evil Santa Claus research. You know? Exactly. That's why we hold on to Krampus, right? Krampus don't <laughs> not up to any of that. So these elves all come in and they start like grabbing everybody who's left. Basically, they take the baby, they Oof. they take uh, Aunt Dorothy real fast. They're just they're just snatching people up. Mm-hmm. We're left with uh, Max, Adam Scott, Tony Collette, Linda, Stevie. Yes, basically. They since they've taken the baby and shit, it's like well now oh. we literally have to go after them. 
Yes. Uh, Omi is still here, too. Yeah. Well, you know. And they're they're gonna go out into the blizzard to try to save everyone and just get to the snow plow. I don't even think they're trying to save them. I think they're like, let's literally just get into the snow plow and save the kids that we have left. Because Adam everybody's Scott, like, to be fair, like they 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 mention it, but it's just in a line. The goal is escape right now, but they yeah. they say they fully plan. You know, if they did everything they could and had their druthers. They would have escaped out and brought back an army that would blot out the sun to come kill this fucking guy and his friends and take back all of the family members that yeah. were stolen and killed. So they leave out into the snow. Omi, like, as they step out of the house, closes the... She says to Max, be good, and then closes the door behind oh. them and locks it and puts the planks in, which... Max is like, no, she wants she wants to face him. And like it, the movie makes it very clear that she's doing this to fight Krampus. But just objectively, when they all <laughs> step out and then she locks the door behind them, it's just like it's like her being like, all right, have fun. Bye. I'm locking the door, though. You ain't coming back in here. Yeah, Nobody's like you're going. getting on me. You're going. I ain't fucking going nowhere. <laughs> I've seen what this guy can do. All I've told you guys to do is stay inside and keep the fire hot. And you have not listened. So you know what? Bye. Figure it the fuck out yourself. <laughs> but she does stay. Krampus comes down the chimney like real fucking cool like and shows her his bag of goodie. He has like a Santa Claus bag yeah. and when when she looks into it we just get like a f- full camera shot of the inside of the bag and it's just like a bunch of toys coming to life Going and bland. jumping out of it real fast uh yeah. which is just it's just cool it's all right yeah it's fine yeah i wish they looked cooler but you know i can't I'm not gonna throw exactly. away a cool looking toy on one bag shot <laughs> so the rest of them are going very quickly start getting picked off by the the snow Truly snake thing like the and it's i mean they're at the I think the beginning being a real Christmas movie also like speeds forces the speeding up of things. Cause we get to like an hour and 20 very quickly. And you're like, like five people are still alive. What the hell? And they're just like, die, die. You know, the, the yeah. burrower monster gets like three people. <laughs> you know I mean? It takes now, Adam Scott, this- Tony Collette and Allison fucking Tolman in the span of like three minutes. <laughs> this is where the problems really start for mm. me. Because they start getting picked off so quick that you as an experienced cinema viewer start being like, all right, we're very quickly going into fake out territory, right? Ah, yes. When you get picked off that quick and it's like, Hmm, it's okay for some of them, but eventually uh, it's only Max and Stevie left. And they didn't even give Adam Scott and Tony Collette like that proper of a goodbye because they're they all getting barely, it's so quick, yeah, taken so quick that you're you're now like I don't think you would have done it that way. You at least the last parent has to be a big. If you're gonna take all the parents, there's got to be a big moment, you know? Yeah, but it just it happens so quick. It's just Max and Stevie. Then Stevie gets took. Yeah, the and elves like, just show up and break into the fucking truck. Because they can't start the... Max is like, I don't know how to drive stick. We have a, a Prius. <laughs> so we're already like, this is going to end like very dramatically very soon. Or there's a fake out coming or something, you know. So that's already like, it's reducing the impact of this thing, ha- yeah. of the stuff that's happening. Because you're like, mm, I don't know. Krampus comes and... Like Max is upset and Krampus just gives him the bell 
At some yeah. point earlier, we should mention that Omi told everybody the story of Krampus when she was when, in a very cool, like, uh, animated. I don't know that it was actually stop motion, but, like, it was animated to look like stop I motion. I think it's animated know? to look like stop motion. It looks great. It looks, I yeah, actually it looks like great. it a lot. Uh, it's when she's a little kid in Bavaria or whatever. Austria, but yeah. Austria. Yeah. Okay. Austria, because they're Austrian. They make a big point of of that. Correct. Uh, the little town she lived in was very poor, and so everybody had stopped caring about Christmas. And then she wishes. Clearly during World War II. It was very clearly during World War II. Yeah. Well, she gets a little piece of bread from the bread line, and then all the villagers come and take her bread. She goes home and her parents are arguing and they rip up her toy and she she's like, fuck it, and throws it into the fire. Yeah. And she's like, I wish everyone was dead, basically. <laughs> and Krampus is like, I fucking got you. Here we go. <laughs> um, comes in, presume, definitely takes her parents down to hell forever. Yes. Perhaps the rest of the town. I think I'd, kills the entire town. <laughs> I think he kills the whole town. <laughs> And drags of all people. of their souls to hell and leaves Omi with the Krampus bell, which mm. she has to this day. So we know she's telling the truth. <laughs> Obviously not in real in real life. It wouldn't work like that. But in, Cinematically, in, movie, we know she's in movie language, we know that this is fact. Yes. So Max gets that same bell now, mm-hmm. which I'm like, that's fucking awesome. I want one of yeah. those Krampus bells. <laughs> and it like he's looking at it and we fade to black as like multiple lines throughout the movie saying basically confirming this was max's punishment yeah. the movie is over blah 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 you know this is what he gets for losing his spirit in christmas even though i don't know why the last one to Dude. lose the spirit has to be the one that gets punished but so first of all everyone I mean, gets punished you like yeah. but my thing is always th- that my thing with that was like I'm glad that story is in there to like talk about how it is because when you're first watching it, you are like, dude, he like, why are we fucking blaming Max for all of this? Like my man got fucking very righteously pissed off at everyone fucking telling him he sucks and they hate him and he fucking doesn't like his family. So it's like, oh, now he's going to summon, get all these people fucking killed. But the, the I don't way think it's him summoning him. Yeah, I think it's. When the last person in a town loses faith I feel in Christmas, so Krampus bad comes, for that you know? because it's like, man, they were the one trying the hardest. Like, <laughs> yeah, but they also like stopped Krampus from coming for the longest. You know, true. Also, it's just weird because it always seems directly like it's their fault. Also, um, fucking, it. I'm just being. I'm doing a bit. Fucking fuck you, Omi. You survived for fucking half a century fucking having the spirit of Christmas and what now you don't anymore what the fuck you still have the bell you still how do you not have Christmas in your fucking heart every fucking year because she's super traumatized about it the real answer is she's incredibly old and I would have a tough time with the season if every year it was a reminder that I got my entire town murderized by devil santa you know what i mean like i I actually really just like she does make a bunch of traditional austrian christmas desserts yes and it might just be that it's like she was able to like help keep it up but once everybody else is like not into it she just has a hard time like genuinely being into it even though she knows krampus is real yeah 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 like it it 
kills the vibe like sort of thing of like i can't keep this up on my own i don't have that flame or something else that the movie says because this is more implied and like Mm -hmm. what i like better but something the movie makes it sound like it's directly because omi made the wish back in the day and max made a wish in this story yes and Um, less about it being the last one who lost hope but i think it's like yeah the (laughs) it's truly the last one who loses hope and brings it up to santa basically i I think it's just like yeah if there's not enough hope in the area and you make a dark wish you know like folks can come don't make any wishes any never wish for anything dark or otherwise like don't even i'm like there is always a way that shit can be twisted around correct just don't do that don't do it at all now we did make it sound did make it sound like the movie was over (laughs) but it actually isn't correct now i personally movie ending right there debatably don't care maybe i want more when i get there mm-hmm. but the stuff i get causes enough conflict to i'm like do i wish it just ended there i don't know something oh, to discuss. Don't watch out for that wish you're gonna get cramped. i don't know that's why i don't know i'm not wishing for anything uh <laughs> We come back in, like, the, the screen comes back on, basically, and Max is is marching through the snow, and he catches up with, like, the Krampus walk, which is fucking awesome, one, because, like, a Krampus tradition back in the old country is, like, the Krampus run. Okay. Uh, where it's grown men get hammered, dress like Krampus, <laughs> and, like, run through the streets and oh. old old school style is they're allowed to hit kids oh. <laughs> they'll just have stuff and they'll just be running around like Bonk. scaring kids and like hitting them with sticks and stuff and like it's just a, a wild time i don't think i don't know that that's done like that Ooh. anymore but that's like probably old just school scare, yeah shit. probably just go blah nowadays what they have more more commonly and it's it's spread more mm-hmm. uh as people more people have found out about krampus and he's gotten more fame uh, is just a, like a Krampus walk, and it's just like a parade where people, lots okay. of people are dressed okay. like Krampus in crazy ways. We have one here in Richmond every year. Oh, very nice. Um, in December, we might have already missed it. It's usually pretty early on in the month. I was gonna say, isn't uh, the Krampus the traditional one in like early December? Yeah, so it's we like might early have, December. It's, it's but it, the one here in Richmond, at least they do like big old like people walk on stilts and stuff, and oh, there's always yeah. like like bells and drums, and it's like this whole weird pagan parade with this weird imagery for sure so, that's awesome and then they actually have that in this movie and they make it look they, fucking so metal you the know fucking cinematography and the like shot selection in that is unbelievably good just the just the tilting up on his sleigh with like yeah. the horrible image of like santa being like crucified on the front of like whatever horrible yeah. fucking images are on there i was like ah! the slaves being pulled by like basically banthas from Monster. star wars yeah. they're like <laughs> giant hairy huge horn like curly horns truly things. upsetting yeah like <laughs> and all the little the, this is a parade elves, of yeah. elves and there's horns and drums and bells going off and they're just like slowly walking through the town square and there's fire everywhere and yeah. you're like yeah this is so fucking metal and awesome <laughs> and i love this and max shows up to be like i take back my wish blah 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 throws the bell the bell sinks down into the snow and then creates a giant pit to clearly <laughs> down to hell and krampus comes 
to him, and Max is gonna go hit him with like a like a I think tire a fire iron or poker something. or something like that. But yeah, no. Instead, he drops it, and he just like starts begging for it. Because Stevie and is also still alive and chained up, alive. and very clearly going to be thrown into this hell pit. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And Krampus, with one of his long claws, like takes one of his his teardrops and like looks at it, and you think that like, oh, cool, he's about to fix the whole movie because he offers to um max offers he right does what omi was talking about of the sacrifice of giving where he is like take me instead let him go sort of thing and that's when which he's like yet. when i'm looking down to that pit to hell for all eternity because i'm assuming it's christian hell, <sighs> that's the last place you want to go <laughs> so no i would have been like mm, i'm sorry steve you can go like oh I'm fucking, I'm what, like, nine, ten years old? I don't know how old Max is. Sure. <laughs> As uh, a child, yes. That's a short amount of time, and that is eternity down there. I ain't that selfless. I'm going home. I'm what the a, last one to believe. I, you I'll know. be the warning, and I'll always keep Christmas in my Yeah, I'll keep Christmas for everyone. Now, if the only thing I would say is you got to watch that sort of behavior, because one of my, one of the most ridiculous movies, This is the End, hmm. showed that... If you are actually selfless and good, you will get the fucking light beam up to heaven. Yeah. Which has one of my favorite fucking jokes. I guess not spoilers, but yeah. like favorite jokes from that fucking movie. I love that. Yeah. Seth Rogen and Jay Baruchel are like both did the sacrifice play, so they're going up to heaven. And Seth turns around and starts flipping. Like they're slowly being beamed up. Yeah. And he's just very arrogantly flipping everybody off and being like, yeah, fuck you motherfuckers. We're going to heaven. We're so great. And then the beam turns off because he's being a prick about it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it happens to James Franco, but yeah, I love that. Oh, James Franco. Sorry. Yes. 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 Because they actually do make it. (laughs) Um, Yeah. 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 Because Yes, but that I mean that's why in these situations I'm doing a sacrifice play early on. I don't want to have to do the big <laughs> the big big one. You know, I'll be like I will die for somebody else easy. Yes. Eternity in hell, no uh, way. I don't know, man. <laughs> that and that pill cuz when you look down that that pit you're like that's where that's going. Yeah, totally. That's there's it's no way that's nightmare. not going that all the way down to hell. So it's... no, thank you. <laughs> Max is crying. Krampus is like you think he's gonna do like the oh cool and instead he starts laughing and this is very important to remember that he starts laughing because I'm I'm gonna need this to like discuss some of my points at the end he starts laughing the whole parade starts laughing and then they just fucking toss Stevie in the (laughs) hole and Max is like freaking out and then they just pick him up and throw him into the hole too Uh, he brings up classic classic shot of like top down of watching him go oh the hans gruber from die hard yeah fully just yeah. Like, oh fuck we wake up next morning he's in bed it's christmas again everything's fine everyone's it's alive and happy yeah to be completely fair this all happens in the run up to christmas right yeah everyone's happy I watched this with uh, Melanie and Shannon. This is Melanie's first time. Okay. Uh, it was cool hearing somebody else also clearly be like, "What? how are they all dying? You know, like, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and then what, something they both clocked is the the lighting throughout these nice Christmas scenes at the end is very, like, too idyllic, you know? It's very soft focus, beautiful, dreamlike 
lighting. They know, do this 100%. in movies all the time when it's like, this is a good dream that you're going to snap out of. Yes. <laughs> so that that mood is very much in there. That's another thing I want you to remember, right? Mm-hmm. The the laughing, the 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 it's all a dream lighting that they have here, and everybody's getting along. They're passing out presents, and Max clearly remembers what happened, and he's just so happy to see everyone. But then they have him open a present, and it's the Krampus bell. Yes. And then the mood kind of sours, like the the they all start looking at it, and and they're looking at it with concern, and it's overlaid. Uh, dialogue from them throughout the previous days or throughout the whole yes. movie of like yeah, fighting yeah. Krampus things. So we're getting the impression that everybody does remember it mm-hmm. and they're like weirded out when they're looking at that. But we keep the soft dream lighting. Yeah. The, um, like the cinematography and the, the mood of that scene does not the the visuals, the visuals don't, the visuals don't change, change even if no. like the mood of the people does. And they're we're left with them staring at it in that weird kind of way as it pans out all the way through the window out of the house. And we see that the house and like that whole block is inside of a little snow globe Mm -hmm. in like a evil insidious workshop. And there's such an insidious workshop because there's so many other globes. (laughs) There's a bunch of shelves with snow globes all over the place. And we see Krampus, right? Like it's Krampus's workshop very clearly. Um, I think we see like a hand or something, but it's very clearly the workshop. It's not like too big. And it's, yeah, it's like pans out all the way. And then we get one final jump scare with all the toys that we've seen coming in (laughs) from the sides of the screen and going blah, um, which I love because they're just awesome and it's, it's awesome great. to see them all jump around at once. You know? Yeah. So that ending, right? <laughs> First of all, what do you think that means? I've heard a few. Oh. I like having looked it up. I found other meanings that I had not thought of, which mm. has only added to my confusion. This happened like. One of the previous times I've watched it, which okay. left me in a very nebulous state with this. Good. Okay. So what do you what do you think happened? Because I think um, different occurrences lead to different quality of storytelling. You know. Yeah. I. So what's interesting is, based on the actual events of it, you theoretically can just survive it omi raw if you just take the bell yeah if you're the survivor and you take the bell and you don't fucking do anything you just get to live we know that that's a possibility at least yes that seems i mean well we we know that omi did it we know that when krampus visits you that is one possible thing that yes that's definitely one possible thing I think because what he says at the end is I just wanted Christmas to be the way it was. Mm-hmm. And that's presumably that is what he gets. Yeah. That's my thought with that. Whether Krampus actually like pervertedly, um, abides by the sacrifice and says, you know what? You guys will just live in this snow globe forever and you'll know that you're, it's, you know, the situation's weird, but you get to be in your little Christmas forever. 
I think that's my thought is that because they just take the house to be fair to the the thing when they mm. pull out it the house is covering 90% of the snow globe whether there's right. more back there I don't know but presumably it's just the house um so my guess is they're all it's their souls trapped inside of this snow globe because he may that's the thing I don't know is if anything changed I think from that any that's... of the stuff at the end you know what I mean I think that's the most obvious interpretation. Yes. Right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He makes a different wish and Krampus is like, like since he shows up, he makes a different wish and he makes a sacrifice plan. It's like Krampus being kind of a fun loving guy yeah. is like, yeah, fuck it. I'll give you, you that. Prankster, I'll trap yeah. you and your family inside this eternal little snow globe hell forever. Living <laughs> the same Christmas. Yeah. Um, so that's definitely a possibility. What were you thinking though? It sounds like there's more. I'm not. I'm other things I've heard is like one, his sacrifice plate does actually work, and the oh. snow globe is just how Krampus keeps an eye on families who he's like oh. come to visit, and then if they ever lose the spirit again, he'll really come back. For it's him, the you know? big warning, and he's got so many other houses in that he is keeping an eye on yeah quite so it's a like, few families omi doesn't get to fix everything because she just yeah. stayed and hid max does because he came out and did the sacrifice play yeah totally. now some things that go against that are like the dreamlike quality at the yes. end that can just be a poor cinematography choice though for what the actual meaning yeah is. it can muddle it to make you not yeah direct also Krampus laughing doesn't really seem to give the vibe that that Max won, you know, Correct. That, like Krampus understands. Uh, that can just be like how, like, they do specifically talk about how Krampus is supposed to be Santa Claus's shadow. Mm. And I, I mean, I, they say it in the movie, but I mean, the director has talked about it as well, where like they wanted him to be very much like the same kind of jovial mischievous figure type thing yeah but in in his world of the type of stuff that he does Mm -hmm. so it might be a gleeful laugh of like oh cool you figured it out that's awesome you know yeah that's only because i mean it helps that the director set those particular like like pointed that out um i the thing that's the tough thing about the um that's where i appreciate the actual uh, I guess muddiness of the ending in that it is like, Ugh. um, because I, I know that it's, I, I know that they're doing a like dark fairy tale. You know, I, one of the things mm. I saw was, um, apparently it was like, he was annoyed at Disney sanitized sort of fairy tale things and wanted to go like, yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah. fucking kids get put in bags and beaten with sticks in old fucking fairy tales. They don't just whatever. Um, so yeah, I I like the idea of him playing by a system and doing everything because just the mean spiritedness of like, oh yeah, you took back your wish and you offered the sacrifice and you did this. It's like yeah, fuck you, kid, you idiot. You're done. You're fucking. It's over, dude. Yeah. Um, I I think that I wouldn't is... appreciate, but like, so I the, I think the reason like... I'm I'm kind of bending over backwards for that interpretation of the ending. Because mm-hmm. also, like, the ways that they all confusingly look at the belt yeah. also implies that's not what happened. Except for it might be that they all do remember and assumed it was a dream and are kind of freaked out. But that's a 
far as that goes, you know. But the reason that I want that ending to happen is because if that's not the case, if it is the you're trapped in hell forever in a snow globe, we could have ended when when everybody's taken after the snowplow and he's left with the bell. We could have ended when it when they got all tossed into hell. Yeah. We didn't have to do three endings that were all in a row. They lose period. the same Everybody's thing. Di- yeah. Yeah. You essentially know? the same thing that yeah, it only no, works totally. to keep going. If there's like a little, if there's some kind of turnaround for me, narratively Correct. speaking, I completely understand that. And I, I actually like that. Um, I was, there was a brief bit and I don't think it holds. It, it wouldn't because you'd need so much more context and stuff. There was the thought initially that he did make the play and it worked in that he went, I'll trade you. You Mm. be in hell via this snow globe and I'll let your family go. But you, so you deal with this weird, cause that's the thing, cause the thing about it is, and they purposely do it and actually love the way it is done is they're kind of handing out gifts and stuff. And it's just a hand from off screen. They do not show you who gives him the gift, Ooh. but so, they just, it's like a hand That's a good point. just off screen, giving him the fucking bell. Like they don't show you like Omi giving it to him or like any of his parents stuff. It's just sort of like handed to him vaguely. And you're like, someone has to logistically have given him that, but who the fuck did? Mm-hmm. Um, So that's my thought of like, maybe it's his fucking thing he is living in. And they like shut down or like, you know, I don't know. But the, the way I was thinking that as well, but the way they all look at it implies that they are actually there as well. Exactly. Like they're, they've, they're all waking up from the dreamlike state they're in. Whatever's happening, all of them are in the same place. I think that's true. I think that's very true. I'd like to think, you know what, now that you say it, I'm going to just assume that they're alive with a big old warning from Mr. Crambopolis over there. Yeah. Because that's the nicest I, one. <laughs> I just prefer that, I think. Me but too. I don't, I don't know. That's also, but this is also the ter- thing in terms of like tone for me was the movie at times is very mean spirited with yeah. its stuff in terms of like, hey, we're going to truly, and I know I'm not being like, I'm not trying to be like, oh, think of the children, but like just raw dog kidnapping a child in a movie and letting the family like have to sit and think about that and process that is like, that's a fucking brutal move movie. Yeah. Like you're in a mean place right now. So I wouldn't put it past you to give me a real fuck you ending, but I also don't want that. Like I would take a big scary warning over they're actually all in hell globe sort of thing. Let's see. The director himself, Michael Doherty, refuses to give up what type of Good. ending he and his co-writers, Todd Casey and Zach Shields, intended. However, he was quoted in an interview with Bloody Disgusting as saying that he wanted the movie to be a sort of pro-Christmas movie, and that one of his main inspirations for Krampus was Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol, okay. which undoubtedly supports the argument that Krampus' ending is a happy one. However, the snow globe in the movie's ending certainly leaves room for interpretation. Without referring to director Michael Doherty's comments or any other sources external to the movie, the ending can be taken both ways. Yeah, I appreciate that, and it's—I mean—it's made in a vague enough way that you can argue for both of them. I also yeah. am just—I think, from a logistical perspective, with the amount of snow globes that are in there, it has to be. I've given you 
this fucking warning because you did the right, you know, like you relearned the meaning of Christmas. So you better fucking hold on to it. Um, Because if he had just taken that many families Mm. through that many Christmases, there would be like you'd have to do such ridiculously large men in black style magic to like have people ignore the idea that I, like hey I'm 300 s- plus families completely disappeared during christmas this year the well <laughs> you can't say that because santa claus santa claus's whole thing is it doesn't make sense how like True, why don't the parents suppose... wonder where all those gifts came from that but they that's didn't buy, one you know? thing versus where's his missing fans i mean ignore an entire you know like the, the Santa Claus starring Tim Allen, yes. all sorts of things are just like, yeah, the chimney just fucking appears. What do you want? Like, this is how, it, yeah. True, that's so a good the, point. That's a fair point. Being that it's Santa Claus's shadow, that one can't possibly you're be right, used. You're right. I feel like that's got to be thrown out of, of, the, uh, of the records. It's a lot of families. <laughs> it's a lot of families. It's just so many families. I can't. I mean, but he did legitimately, like, the thing that's not up for debate is that he did take Omi's entire village down to hell forever. Correct, so. but it was... <laughs> My thing with that is, it was clear, and I, well, I don't care how old the woman is, and I don't care when the movie came out, <laughs> that is so clearly World War II. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah. I, I'm assuming they got a big fucking horrifying warning. And they'll be forever traumatized by the event. Yeah. I'm hoping that I, I'm, I'm going to choose to believe that it's the warning. That ending does actually like more solidify my Mr. Cool. Like the other, like yeah. the ending of it just being fucked honestly brings it down. Would I don't know you do was, that for an ending. If it was Not just the cycle again of everyone got owned and you just kind of deal with it. Yeah. No, that would have been. I just don't think it's as interesting narratively. I like this Correct. as like a dark yeah. fairy tale. Um, you are allowed to lose in a fairy tale. It's not. It's not that I want it to Correct. be a happy ending. It's just like the triple ending situation is why uh, do is that not, is you're... not clean. Like exactly. Yeah. The you could have just had him like end right when he gets the bell, and it's just like kind of <gasps> fucked. You know. And yeah. You're like oh, that's that's pretty cool. You know. The true sadness of I'm a little boy who now <laughs> has no family whatsoever. Yeah. Cool. Hell yeah. So next week's movie. Ooh, what is it? And if it? you know next week's, you can probably guess the week after. Next week we're doing <laughs> Gremlins. That shit yes! is streaming on Max. Another one I always wanted to do, not always streaming. Gremlins Finally. 1984. Oh yeah. Now I can't wait to be traumatized again. I'll tell you. I'll tell you the one after that one right now. Gremlins 2: The New Batch. <laughs> I'm telling you right now because like, don't rush. Don't rush to marathon both of them. Yeah, because Gremlins is the perfect Christmas movie, and Gremlins Two, two. is the perfect New Year's movie. So you got to double. It's too you got to. You wait as long as you can. We're, our episodes are going to be coming out a little bit before each of those holidays, correct? So that so that they're ready for you. But I recommend watching Gremlins as close as you can to Christmas. Gremlins Two: The New Batch as close as you can. Right in that New week Year's. when you don't have, when nothing really matters, that's the perfect time to watch fucking Gremlins Two. Yeah, you will have more fun if you watch them first before listening to our episodes. It doesn't really matter. It's not going to really matter for either of them. You need to experience the joy that is the Mogwai and the Gremlin attitude, which really, I think, is an integral, like, is important to me in my own development. 
It's just... <laughs> If there was that, a fucking vision board of who you were, Gremlins would be a not insignificant picture it's on there. both a Gremlin <laughs> and a Mogwai, you know. It's like uh, the Mount Rushmore for you. Yeah. <laughs> Gremlin and fucking Gizmo. <laughs> so I want to thank Eyes of Astoria for a wonderful theme song. Dead. Oh, you can catch both Gremlins and Gremlins 2 on Max, by yes. the way. I want to thank Eyes of Astoria for a wonderful theme song, Dead Walk. You can catch John from Eyes of Astoria or various other guests by going to thebloodystream.com and clicking on pod people. Dot com. I completely fucking missed it. I was so spaced out. I'm so sorry. You're good. Leave us a like, a comment, and a subscribe. You can find us on social medias at bloodystreampod. And we will talk to you. Same bloody time. Same bloody channel.